In 2023, the State Power Authority was directed to begin developing and operating new renewable energy projects to help the state reach its statutory green energy goals, including realizing 70% renewably sourced electricity by 2030 and a zero-emission electric grid by 2040. The New York Power Authority has hit two recent benchmarks for this task, including a report on their green energy future and starting to solicit feedback on potential interest in collaborating with the authority on renewable energy and battery storage projects. For more on this initiative, we're joined by NYPA President and CEO Justin Driscoll. Welcome back to the show, Justin. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me, David. It's our pleasure. So this fall, NIPA wrapped up its uh, formal conversations with stakeholders for its uh, annual conferral report, which is supposed to inform your long-term renewable vision. Uh, about a month after it came out, a coalition of green power activists argued that the report didn't necessarily reflect the uphill challenges New York faces in meeting its 2030 climate targets, especially in light of how many green energy projects that were in the state's pipeline were in jeopardy of being scrapped. So how would you describe the usefulness of the conferral report? You know, I think it was a a useful exercise. Obviously, um, we're following what's laid out in the law. And this was the first, as you pointed out, the first sort of step that the power authority was asked to take. The bill was uh, enacted sometime in early May. And uh, we immediately got to work here at NIPA and began reaching out to stakeholders. And through that process, we talked to a pretty wide range of stakeholders. And I think it's been helpful in the process just to confirm what we were thinking. But in other ways, you know, we had some good insights in terms of some of the steps that we're contemplating taking in order to actually start to deploy some of the responsibility that we've been given. So it's year one in a long-term process. We'll be doing a conferral report annually, but I think in many ways, the next step, which we're now engaged in in 2024, will have a similar public outreach component. So as you may recall, in 2024, we're to um, develop our strategic plan, which is to be informed by the conferral process. So we'll spend this entire year of 2024 planning our renewable energy development approach We'll take that to our board at the end of 2024, and then we'll file it in Albany on January 31 or before in 2025. So that also calls for public hearings and a lot of stakeholder outreach. So we're going to continue to engage with folks and and try to gather as much information as we can. But we're already deploying our energy expertise to try to identify opportunities for NIPA to lean in. And as you know, to try to help the state accelerate its progress toward reaching the 2030 and 2040 goals. Is it fair to say that the conferral report sees a realistic future where New York realizes its 70% renewably sourced electricity by 2030 goal without NIPA getting into the picture and just doing it with private sector projects? It's essential that the state reach these goals. And We do uh, believe and have concluded that there will be a significant role for NIPA going forward. That's not to say that the private sector is falling behind, but, you know, we sit in a very unique place here, being the owner and operator of the state's transmission system, being really the, the biggest supplier of renewable energy currently with our hydro facilities 
and, and with our governmental customers, with all of their sites and, and available land and projects that, that we're already pursuing for them in, in what we call behind the meter type projects. So I think there's going to be a role for NIPA. And as you know, part of the law also requires us to retire our fossil peaker plants in the city. We would look to develop renewable energy at a minimum that would replace our uh, fossil generation or some combination of renewables with storage that would replace that fossil generation. So we've been talking about the generation side of the equation, but what about the consumption side of the equation? Are you anticipating that demand for energy is going to dramatically change between now and 2030? Most people would say that given the aggressive electrification efforts, that there'll be an increase in in consumption, but there'll also be breakthroughs in demand response, which is where Customers turn over some of the control of their usage to the utility in in exchange for payment. There'll be energy efficiency work that's done. So there's going to be a lot of improvement on the consumption side. There will be more usage, but, you know, it remains to be seen what that balance will be. But I think that it'll be a combination of energy efficiency and other improvements like demand response coupled with the uh, increase in usage. Are you anticipating, though, that the two different factors that you talked about could end up canceling each other out and we could see something similar to what we have in 2024? It's early to tell. I mean, the, the electrification efforts, as you know, uh, are underway. I think it's early in that in that discussion and analysis. But as we electrify more, obviously, there'll be more usage of electricity. So we'll look to couple that with the development of renewables, which are cheaper to operate. We have to remember that renewables don't have the kind of fuel costs or maintenance costs typically that fossil generation has. So there'll be savings in that regard. So um, it's early to tell in that analysis. Well, before we move on, let me reintroduce you for listeners uh, just joining us. Uh, This is the Capitol Press Room, and we're speaking with Justin Driscoll, the president and CEO of the New York Power Authority. So in early January, NIPA issued a request for information to, as you put it in a press release, quote, engage with renewable developers directly to identify opportunities in the energy marketplace. So what is it that you want to learn that maybe you don't feel like you have a good handle on right now? There's a lot of work to be done in this area. So one of the things we're looking for is potential partnership opportunities, hopefully uh, being able to partner with the private sector, which is actually called out and specified in, in the uh, in the new law. So we're, lo- we're looking to do projects with the private sector. Uh, We'll do some projects on our own as well. But to the extent that there are either projects that are in development or there could be projects that are actually underway where a partner like NIPA could benefit the project or potentially there are projects that are out there that NIPA might be able to take over from a developer. So it's, it's really a combination. We're looking for ideas. We're looking for land opportunities. We're looking for development. And we're looking, obviously, to be able to build more We can build more if we partner with the private sector. That's sort of what we were looking to uncover and learn through that process. Could you elaborate a bit on on that idea that NIPA might pick up where some of these projects that have basically scrapped what they were originally contracted to do? Uh, Is it the idea that you guys could just pick up the ball where they left off? It's possible. I mean, right now, as we sit here today, as you you may know, NYSERDA is in the middle of a rebidding process for those projects. So we'll see whether all those projects get rebid and then ultimately hopefully end up with a contract with NYSERDA to continue with the development. But 
just as an example, there could be a project that's sited near our transmission system where for some reason there's been a change in ownership or the economics of the developer. And it might be an, a rare opportunity or an opportunity for, for NIPA to step in and pick up that project and see it to completion. If I am a private developer, what is the added benefit that I get from partnering with the New York Power Authority? Purely on an economic basis, you're spreading the costs among two or more entities. You're spreading the risk in project development. We bring a lot of transmission expertise to the table. In renewable generation, we, we know the system very well, being the largest owner and operator of the bulk transmission grid in the state. So that's a factor in project siting and potentially in development and, and even potentially in keeping costs lower. So we bring a lot to the table in these partnerships, but I think fundamentally, like anything, you know, you're sharing the cost and you're, you're sharing the risk and hopefully you're ending up in a place where you're getting more built. As you just said, transmission is an area where you're very familiar with. I'd also add hydropower to be another area where you've got a lot of familiarity with. Is there a big learning curve then for other areas like solar photovoltaic energy or wind energy or battery energy storage? We're lucky to have a very robust customer line of business where we actually develop renewable projects owned by customers. Up to this point, before the legislation, we weren't able to own or develop the projects for these customers. So up to that point, we were doing them basically with another developer and the customer in what they call behind the meter type renewables. So we can lean on our customer expertise. What we haven't done is build what they call utility scale projects where you build a big wind farm or a big solar farm and that power goes on the grid as opposed to just supplying one customer. That's something that's new, but we're familiar with the business. You know, we're a participant in the NISO markets through our hydro and other uh, gas plant operations. So we know how the energy system works and we'll bring that expertise also to bear on the renewable side of the house as well. As you mentioned earlier, 2024 is the time period for uh, developing a strategic plan where you're going to identify your renewable energy generating priorities uh, that needs to come out in 2025, and you'll do that every two years. And I want to talk about the report, but are there any benchmarks you need to hit before that, or, or is that the next big deadline you have? The next big deadline is January 31 of 2025 to complete our strategic report, obviously take it to our board, as I mentioned, at the end of the year and lay it out before our board of trustees and then finalize and file that report in Albany by the end of January of next year. But in the meantime, we're not going to simply sit around and be planning. We're out there looking for sites. We're looking for development opportunities to be able to incorporate those projects into the plan. All that work is underway currently. Could developments on those fronts that you just hinted at, could those happen in 2024? Or are those things that you'd like to wait until the plan is actually written in stone before you actually act on them? So that way, you know that the steps you're taking are part of your strategic vision and not maybe more of a piecemeal approach. Yeah, we could take certain preliminary steps and be able to develop some optionality. But ultimately, the actual development of projects will need to be incorporated into the strategic plan, approved by our board of trustees, and then filed in January. So what we're trying to do is do as much work as we can in 2024, potentially identifying projects or sites that will in all likelihood be incorporated into the plan, potentially taking options on land, entering into NDAs and MOUs with others to make sure that 
we have a robust plan that we file at the end of the year and then we hit the ground running, but we would not be able to have shovels in the ground developing a project in 2024 until the conclusion of that process. Well, speaking of shovels in the ground, when do you think NIPA might be able to break ground on something? Should we be thinking about this as 2026, 2027? How are you thinking about this? It depends on the nature of the project. So we look at this as having different components. One is the utility scale size project, which has a longer lead time and is more complicated. But we're also looking at smaller, more localized projects, potentially even projects that might be part of our REACH program, which is the program designed to support disadvantaged communities with bill credits. A smaller project could get underway sooner. So I wouldn't rule out projects being developed in late 2025, early 2026. But again, it depends on the nature of the project. Well, finally, in the governor's budget, she's proposing an overhaul of the transmission siting process. Would that impact your mandate to develop renewables in any way? It'll certainly be relevant and be a factor. I mean, we're subject at NIPA to the same permitting requirements and processes as the private sector. So any improvement and any acceleration of the permitting process and the interconnection process at the NISO, those will benefit our efforts as well. Do you feel like the Office of Renewable Energy Siting, which kind of seems like the model for what the governor is looking to do on the transmission side, has been beneficial for the siting of large-scale renewable energy? It's been an improvement. I think that it'll be combined with the transmission expertise over at uh, the Department of Public Service. There are benefits in in having that one-stop shop for both generation and transmission housed at DPS. So any acceleration of the process, I think, will benefit both NIPA and the private sector. Well, we've been speaking with Justin Driscoll. He is the president and CEO of the New York Power Authority. Justin, thank you so much for making the time and good luck moving forward. Thank you for having me, David. Is your business, agency, or service interested in delivering your message to more than two dozen radio stations statewide carrying Capital Press Room? If so, visit capitalpressroom.org to contact our underwriting team.